Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to share some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries on the way. Another busy week and... Uh, this time, the broadcast comes from the NEC in Birmingham. It's two years since we've had a BBC Gardener's World live exhibition, and here, somewhat two months late, it's BBC Gardener's World special. Special in that uh, none of those cavernous halls are used, the atrium is locked and empty, and everything is outside. I hope to catch a word with some of the exhibitors in uh, just a few minutes. But I say it's been a busy week, as well as all the uh, routine stuff. I went to Wisley with the uh, Namisha Forum, and we have one more judging session next month, which will be the most telling, I think. That will show uh, the cultivars that will flower non-stop for four months. Meanwhile, most of the cultivars respond well to scissoring back when the flower stems lengthen and start to set a bit of seed. Alongside the Namisha trial, there's a trial of dahlias, both grown in the ground and in pots. That's a very interesting setup. There's one or two brands where the cultivars are all mixed up. They're not true to name. Boy, that needs some sorting out. And then there's the rose trial just red cultivars and that's pretty telling too many of the traditional red kinds are losing their leaves fast to black spot i noted that um, deep secret black baccara sealed with a kiss ruby wedding royal william all suffering i'm afraid with black spot and it's not just the traditional or accepted kinds one of the more recent introduced Captain Tom's rose, that was losing a lot of its lower leaves to black spot too. So if you're thinking about uh, buying roses, it's always worth checking out this kind of trial. If I come right back to today, well then uh, I'm in the outside area, just beyond the atrium at uh, the National Exhibition Centre, where we've uh, duplicated the model rose bed. Not uh, a complete duplication, because the bed here is uh, just over a metre or so wide and uh, six metres long. In other words, it's a rectangle rather than a square, 
and some people think a line of four standard roses rather than the four in a square looks more attractive. I have to be pretty pleased to see uh, roses with so much colour at the back end of August. But of course we are using the Precious series and the beauty of them is uh, not just their disease resistance but the ability they have to uh, repeat flower again and again. One thing I hadn't noticed at uh, the demonstration bed at Hyde Hall was the fragrance. As I arrived, it was uh, quite overcast in Birmingham, but every now and again a waft would come, a really sweet scent uh, from the Rose Precious series Amber. Well, let's have a look about and uh, see who's here and see if we can get a few tips uh, from the specialists. The one place I always head is the great family Robinson from uh, Preston, whose fruits and vegetables absolutely shine out. Those pyramids of giant onions, Robinson's mammoth. Uh, but I have Susie with me, and Susie, uh, I have to ask, what's happened to your exhibit? Is it a Turk's cap pepper? An amazing plant that is. It's a chili, chili pepper. It's called Friar's Hat, and it's first year's growth, and it's about six foot tall, but it's what I call a usable chilli. It's not a blow-the-top-of-your-head-off chilli. It's very, very usable. But we've, this year we've just changed our style of display just to fit the seas and how the current situations. But it looks to me as if you've all been watching those cookery programmes. I mean, is, is that... Callaloo and cucumelon. Don't these people understand about steak and chips and nice garden peas and runner beans? We do watch the cookery programmes. If there's a cookery programme on, we're there. And the cucumelon, very, very fashionable. Tastes a bit like a cucumber with a hint of lime. You know, its bracket name is Mexican pickle because you can pickle them like we do gherkins. And the callaloo, that's a sort of a Caribbean spinach. Very spectacular. But at the end of the day, it's a sort of um, a, posh, a posh spinach, if you like. But everybody likes to try something different. Well, the backbone of your trade surely has been the giant vegetable grower. You know, those people who grow big onions and big carrots. You know, are you deserting them or have they deserted you? Well, no, they're still there. We do have our range of, you know, large exhibition vegetables, but you have to remember that for 18 months there's been no local shows. So whilst those customers are still there, we have a lot of customers who just want to grow something, something to eat. I know it sounds awful because you can eat the large vegetables, you know, the large by variety, not by extra growing but there's lots and lots of new vegetable growers that just want to grow something something to eat wish you a very successful show and hope you sell lots and lots of those pots of watercress thank you very much indeed that's the plan anyway my next port of call is at eucaraholics and i've got sean atkinson with me now sean with the name of a company like that, why are you a eucaraholic? Hi, so we, we um, have about three or four hundred different types of eucaras. It started off with one or two, and of course the new ones started coming in and we started following them. 
So um, now we're absolutely passionate about all the different colours, all the different flowers, and, um, you know, we, we just love them. And I think people are really with us as well. They really, really like what we're doing. A lot of trolleys rattling about, you know, because exhibitors are still busy building here. Uh, um, this is, what, two years, I suppose, now since we're back at uh, the NEC. You will have had a break from shows. How is life changing? I think life's changing because when we went into lockdown, of course, everybody then went on to online and we saw a, a boost of our business like you wouldn't believe. It, it just went completely crazy, bonkers. We actually had to turn the online off for a couple of weeks to try and catch up. And that's carried through for the, for the last two years. Um, it was strange not to do shows, but in one way it was great because we could actually stay on the nursery and do some work. And the plants now are looking so much better now that we've actually been home and grown them for a change instead of rocking off to a show every other week. So in that way it's changed and also with our open nursery that we do now, this year we've done seven open weekends and they're brilliant. They, you know, we don't have to go anywhere. It's packed up in five minutes and then we can get on with our work. So I think slowly it is changing. It's knocked everything forward by about six or seven years. And um, I think the way forward is, is less shows and more online and, and doing stuff at home. Now, I have to say, your uh, specimen plants on the stand here in the four ranks, some really stunning, beautiful things. A few tips on growing heucheras for those of um, our people listening. What should they look for and what should they buy and how should they treat them? Heucheras are great because they're evergreen, they're there all year round. And they've got heuchera for every situation. So the very, very light heuchera needs a bit more shade. And the dark ones, the reds and the oranges, you can put them in full sun very, very happily. They flower like mad, a lot of them. Whereas they used to be more of a foliage plant, they um, are now, like we have one that's here, Limington Lights. It actually flowers most of the year. It's one that we developed ourselves and uh, it's really popular. But they're really, really easy. The only thing that you've got to watch out is you don't overwater them if you're growing them in pots. Really, really good drainage is really important. And that's it. I mean, they will take minus 20 degrees quite easily. They're really, really tough old things. Sean, thanks very much. And seeing that variety right at the top, which says, Heucra, high hopes. I have high hopes for you to having a really good show this week. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. My next port of call is uh, really like all my yesterdays because uh, if I went back 40 years then I would have been in big marquees at flower shows staging gladiolus uh, and I'm with uh, Rob Evans of Pheasant Acre Plants. Uh, can you just describe, Rob, what you've actually put on show here for our listeners? We've just put on a, an exhibit of gladiolus, uh, large flowered and nanus flowered gladiolus in the range of colours that we have on there from whites, pinks, blues, purples, oranges, a full kaleidoscope of colours. The nanus variety is a, quite an exciting variety. These are hardy gladiolus that can be left in the ground over the winter. They range in pastel shades, mainly pinks, whites, creams, and very early flowering for gladiolus. They flower in normally July, and the larger flowered ones come into flower then July and August. Now, 
with the gladiolus, they need to be planted in the spring. So this time of year, we put the exhibits on at the shows for people to come along to see the different range of varieties that we have. And I think we have around 30 varieties on the stand today. The good thing is that people can see them now and get ready to order from September onwards for planting next February, March. I think kaleidoscope's the right word. That arrangement of mixed in the top of your exhibits, absolutely fantastic. But you've got uh, alongside sales table, all kinds of spring flowering bulbs. Now, what's your recommendations there to visitors who are coming? What's a good buy, Rob? Well, at this time of year, we all should be thinking about our spring gardens and especially daffodils, tulips, narcissi. But the, it's the narcissi that we need to be looking at first. They need to be planted. So the narcissi are our daffodil family. They need to be planted September to get the best results. The longer the growing season for them, the better. The tulips, we don't need to be planting until the end of September, October, November. But the narcissi need to be going in now along with the Aralians. So we have a good selection of all British-grown varieties of uh, narcissi, all grown in Cornwall, so they're all lovely, healthy bulbs and uh, in a good range of varieties. Thanks, Rob. I wish you a very successful show. I sense that people are going to be keen to get back after two years and with luck you'll have uh, a really good week. Exactly, Peter. I think that uh, people are going to be coming to the show. Obviously, this time of year now, they're going to be looking at their gardens for the spring. Uh, they've already had a good spring where they were working in their gardens while we were still on lockdown. And now they can get out and buy for next year. Now, one of the most surprising exhibits of all, for me anyhow, in the Great Pavilion is one of Sweet Peas. I mean, beautiful, long-stemmed, cordon-grown sweet peas the last week in August, staged by Peter King of Somerset Sweet Peas. Peter, I take my hat off to you. How on earth did you have these beautiful vases of long-stemmed sweet peas here the back end of August? Thank you, Peter. Yes, it wasn't easy. We, uh, we grew them on cordon style, as you said, and uh, one of the most important things with sweet peas is lots of water, copious amounts of water. It's very hard to overwater sweet peas. And we were concerned all the way through, but we managed to get here in the end. Well, now there's going to be lots of people who are going to come and look at these beautiful vases, and, and I see you've got a box with a few packets of seed. Can you give a few tips to those people who buy seeds today? I mean, I'm a great advocate of um, October sowing. 10th of October is my date to sow sweet peas. I've only been doing it for, what, shall we say, 60 or 70 years. Seems to work all right for me. <laughs> but what does a real expert do down uh, in Somerset? Well, the most important thing is autumn sowing. We used to sow in October, but we sow beginning of November now. We find that by sowing that little bit later, as long as the temperature's above 10 degrees or 10 degrees, they will germinate. They'll take a little bit longer, but you'll still get a nice stocky plant without heat. Uh, and also, by sowing a little bit later, if the spring's wet, as they have been lately, or it's a bad spring, the plants don't come root-bound at planting out time. Now, this is very important as well, because one of the biggest problems after planting out is if they're absolutely root-bound, they can dry out ever so easily, in a day even, on a warm day, they can dry out. 
So autumn sowing, very important. Nice stocky plants, do not mollycoddle them. They don't mind frost at all. And the best plants I ever grew was outside in a cold frame. Once you plant it out, it's water, 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 right through the summer, and keep cutting. Peter, thanks very much, and I'll be buying my seeds shortly, and they'll be autumn sown. Congratulations again, fantastic exhibit for this time of year. I hope you enjoyed coming on a trip with me to the National Exhibition Centre in Birmingham for an audio preview of a little bit of Gardener's World Live Special Edition. The show is open to the public uh, from the day this podcast is published, the 26th of August, and runs to Sunday the 29th. I think there may be a few tickets for uh, those who just call up uh, but believe uh, that most are sold online now. My thanks to this week's contributors... Susie of Robinson Seeds and Plants, Sean Atkinson from Hugraholics, Rob Evans of Pheasant Acre Plants, and Peter King of Somerset Sweet Peas. I'll have Rich put links to those businesses in the show notes, so uh, even if you can't make the show, you can have a look at their websites. And that brings this week's show to an end. Next week, I'll be joined by Joe Davy of Wardens, and hope to speak to you then. Thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw in Worcestershire, and to my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course, to you for listening. Hope to uh, catch another word with you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.